0: This is a CBC Podcast.
1: Hey, I'm Claire Bonnieman.
0: And I'm Mindariwal.
1: And welcome to The Loop. This is our last episode for 2021. Wow. That feels weird.
0: I have to look at my watch.
1: It's been a heck of a year.
0: That's a lot of... Uh... But it
1: felt like a minute.
0: Yeah. Absolutely good.
1: But, I mean, a lot has happened. Um, Min, any highlights for you? Give us the real... Highlights?
0: Just tr- I'm just trying to... I'm going week by <laughs> week. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep above water. I've been treading water for, it feels like, the whole year. Yeah. And just, um, uh, you know, family stuff and stuff outside of work has just kind of keeping me distracted, which has been great. I'm, I'm thankful for that. But yeah. um, But that's, yeah, that's what's gotten me through.
1: It's been one of those years, I think, where we've gotten to the end, and I'm like... That was nothing. And then I look back at all the things that actually did happen, and I'm like, oh, a lot happened. Yeah. And it's kind of overwhelming. It is. But that's why we wanted to take a second today before we move into 2022 mm-hmm. um, and whatever the heck that holds, because uh, I feel like it's going to be another one of those years. But we're going to look at some of the biggest stories from the CBC Edmonton newsroom this year. And to help us do that, we have a guest in the studio.
2: Hello. Hello,
1: CBC's Tahir and How's Hi. it going?
2: Good. How are you? Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the year. How are you? Good. I feel like that question has, like, it's so heavy now. Uh, yes. It is. You can't just, like, <laughs> go throwing it
1: around and ask them and be like, how are know. you? It's like, because some people will just lay it out. They'll be like, I am absolutely awful, but thank you
2: for Which, asking. Which, as you should, right? Like, just be honest, but yeah. everybody's, like, feeling yeah. it. Yeah. I if think we it's we okay to
0: just say it like it is, Yeah, you know? You have to.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've started to
1: use the zero to ten scale a lot with people, being like, <laughs> where are you at today? A lot of, like, threes and fours. but mm. um, But today we're doing all right. Yeah. Because you're joining us, and it's nice to have a guest. Thank you for having um, me. Me and Min staring into each other's eyes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) across the table. (laughs) (laughs) Min staring into your eyes now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're both just like staring at you. So basically today, you're joining us because we're going to take a little trip back in time. Yes. And look at some of the biggest stories of the year, how they shape the city. Uh, If you had to, and you do, because I'm going to make you do it. Um, Do you have maybe like a single word or feeling to describe 2021? Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. I would say exhausting. Yeah. Good word. Good word. It has just been non-stop. Yeah. And everybody's exhausted. Like, I know I'm tired, but I know, like, both of you are tired, and everybody Mm -hmm. who's listening is tired. Like, it's just been non-stop and like in the news world you know usually your summertime your your holiday winter holiday time things slow down right that's where you tell like all your reruns and all your like little fluffy stories like uh, usually that's what happens but the past couple of years I don't even remember what year it is, but like it's just been like
0: (laughs) it has not stopped. It's it's almost like the news cycle is running at 9,000 RPM. It's like red line and it's just holding steady and you're just waiting for it to just back off. But never. uh, No, it's not. going.
1: You have such an interesting vantage point, too, because to give people a sense, as a newsreader, you are literally in a room by yourself (laughs) all day long. Mm -hmm. Just telling people everything that's going on and finding it all out and watching it unfold. Um, you know, what's this felt like for you as a person who's in that situation? Like you're not only reading the news, you're telling everybody the news. And it's been a lot of really difficult stories this year.
2: Yeah, it it has been a lot of difficult stories. And, you know, it's difficult for people to hear, but also knowing that they need to hear the information and what's happening and what's changing because things are constantly changing. I think I've just been kept like on my toes every day (laughs) because things change so fast. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of like misunderstanding. Like people think I just get like a bunch of scripts and I just sit and read and like that's my job. But I'm literally like watching the TV, listening to the radio, seeing what's on the wires, putting everything together, rewriting it and then giving it to you. And sometimes if you hear a little panic in my voice, it's literally because I'm like, I just heard this and I'm just telling you this right now. I mean, that, that's happened before. That's not like anything new. That's a part mm-hmm. of the job. But I just feel like these past few years has been that's like every day yeah. instead of, you know, every once in a while.
0: I'm, go- I'm going to lend you my uh, GoPro and you should like just record time lapse yeah. <laughs> for a half an hour. It would look, yeah. he- well, it would probably wouldn't look hilarious, but it would probably give us a snapshot of how many times you got to move from computer to the board to the microphone to back and forth and reading and all that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Because uh, I, I can imagine the paces. It gets. A little crazy sometimes.
2: But then you're going to see the weird stuff like me doing my little like weird rituals and my, uh, you know, reading out loud constantly to myself or telling myself, okay, I got to do this next, even though there's like no one listening to me. I want to see you yelling at
1: the TV. That's what I want to see is those days when you're just like screaming to yourself in a room.
2: And I yell at the TV a lot and I'm in a booth by myself. Nobody can really see me, but there is a little window. And it looks out to like the Radio Canada crew. Right. So they probably all think I've lost my mind. And I kind of have. It's so it's not like seat. far off. Yeah. But yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's
1: my day. So, diving into some of the stories, I, we're going to start with some of the more difficult stuff that happened this year because it's difficult, but it's really important to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, um, where mm-hmm. are you taking us first?
2: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you know, we started the year with what became a string of attack on Muslim women, uh, mainly women of color in our Mm -hmm. city. And, you know, it started before the new year. We had a few uh, women that were attacked um, at the uh, Southgate Mall. And those incidents kind of continued into the new year. Not kind of. They continued. Uh, There was, you know, in February, three women were physically and verbally attacked. In June, a woman was grabbed by the neck and shoved to the ground. Another attack in St. Albert, which was a big one. Uh, Two women were, you know, simply going for a walk. And, uh, you know, they, they wear a hijab. They had their heads covered. And this person came up to them and threatened them at knife point. So... Really intense yeah. and really, you know, terrifying things that happened to these women. And, you know, the the string of it kind of brings it. It's not as if like if there were only one attack, we wouldn't we would care right. less. But it's yeah. just, you know, the, the string of them was really shocking. And yeah. it said a lot about, unfortunately, a lot about our city and and where we actually need to go from here.
1: Yeah, exactly. It really brought to mind, I think, just that Islamophobia does persist, and it is very real. um, And that it isn't... Yeah, these weren't isolated. Like, it kept Mm -hmm. happening, which obviously draws attention and eyes, but starts conversations that need to happen. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And we heard a lot of people from the community. Um, Here's what uh, we heard, you know, as that story unfolded. Nothing like this was there a few years ago. It's just... It's just the tables just have turned. Unbelievable,
1: yeah.
0: Kind of numb feeling now. Many in the Muslim community are just expecting it at this point. You know, it's not surprise, it's just anxiousness about where it's going to hit next a hard time for everybody, and especially for those that wear the hijab. It's a terrifying time. I don't believe that it's right for anyone to, to fear for their lives. I think in, in some way is a bit uh, similar uh, to, to the um, fear and unsafety that I, I felt as, as a refugee in the displacement journey. I think the similarity is in the labels that Muslims are now ha- having to deal with, the the same as refugees and the labels they had to deal with.
2: That was uh, Trent Daly, director of for the Canadians Against United Hate, as well as Nasim Karani and Jude Nur adeen two Muslim women in Edmonton. Um, And, you know, Clara, like the fortunate part was a lot of people did come together Mm. after those women, you know, in particular in St. Albert were attacked. We did have a rally in downtown Edmonton. People came together. There was, you know, they created some understanding and some support for Muslims and Muslim women in our city. And the community formed strong bonds. And, you know, there was a level of awareness that was brought to the issue.
0: I'm I'm so glad you started with this story because you know I mean when you're involved in the news cycle it just kind of goes by the wayside but uh to hear how many times it has happened and and the fact that um you know it continues to happen mm-hmm. I think we can't forget this right and we have to uh somehow find a way to kind of prevent this from happening moving forward, right?
2: Yeah, and I think a thing people need to think about too is like that's those were the cases that were reported. Yeah. Right, So exactly. we don't even know the extent of this this issue, yeah. Definitely. You know, another story that really stuck out this year um, was out of Laduke, which uh, we know is just uh, south of us here. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Winkler, a 17-year-old girl, was stabbed at school and... I remember that day, you know, the only information we had there was that there was an incident and the school was on lockdown and schools go on lockdown. Like that happens yeah. quite a bit. Usually it's all cleared up. There's some misunderstanding. It, it, you know, it was a drill, yeah. you know, so it's not that I don't expect something to come out of it, but usually it doesn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the fact that, um, you know, this this happened, it was particularly disturbing, of course. You know, this teen was stabbed in a classroom, a young life taken at a place where she probably felt the most safety. you think, you know, kids spend the most of their time at school with their friends. Definitely. And just, yeah, so sad. And obviously, waves of shock and trauma that the school and community, you know, and greater community endured and and had to deal with.
1: And it was like just pretty chaotic like and there was a lot of cops yelling in the hallway so i'm just like oh it's a drill i didn't want to panic but my teacher he ran to the door and closed it so i was like kind of getting a bit freaked so i was like oh what's happening and then it was like lockdown lockdown this is not a drill and then we kind of just had to sit on our desks like sit at our desks and then we had to sit under but It was like we were waiting
0: a good hour, but there was, like, lots of running around and, like, screaming and shouting, but lots of cop cars, so it was pretty freaky. You know, a lot of kids right now are uh, desensitized to this kind of violence. I mean, you see on TV all the time news, real-life events of a much larger scale, and you don't really react to it. But then you see something, and you see your school on the news, you see your friends, you see your teachers crying, and you don't know how to react. You're you're torn, like you feel you feel something in your chest, but you just don't know how to express it. Yeah, you know this story. I mean, it really hit me. I mean, I've got kids in in high school and junior high, so yeah. that was that was the first thing that I thought of was their safety, and I felt for that girl and her family and her friends and and the people at that school. But uh, you don't think of these things, no, of of these things happening in Edmonton, let alone Laduke. You know, mm-hmm. like I grew up with guys who grew up in Leduc. like it is. As small town as small towns get, right? And um, yeah, I'm sure that community is still reeling from that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. A 19-year-old man is facing first-degree murder charges uh, in that case. And police did say the two knew each other. That trial is now set Mm. for January of 2023. But the community has had vigils and other memorials for Winkler, uh, who they remember as kind, funny, and full of life. Yeah.
1: What's interesting so far is that we have not touched on the pandemic at all. Yeah. which has been one of the stories that unfortunately dominated everything.
2: I've been trying to avoid it. Can you tell? <laughs> I, I appreciate that. There's no avoiding that. it.
0: There is no well, avoiding it. And especially
1: it. as we sit here with Omicron and everything, yeah. right? There's a bit of deja vu. Because I think that's the thing. We've been at this for a while. It's 21 months. There's this yeah. kind of weird normalcy of just like, yeah, I'm used to the fact that we just constantly get barraged with COVID-19 but stuff. It, but it
0: also feels like we're getting <laughs> turned back, you know, Yes. to to that Start,
1: yeah, but this year there was a standout. I think um, there was
0: definitely <laughs> you're gonna
2: walk us through a standout quote unquote, oh the boy. best summer ever. Please, we should play the what is it, the Jonas Brothers or the best song ever? <laughs> oh, my just like... God. I can do it a cappella right now if we need. <laughs> Min knows, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. But yes. The when I said at the beginning that it's been exhausting, this is exactly why it's been exhausting. Yeah. It has not stopped. It will not stop. It is a part of our lives. Unfortunately, yeah. I say that with a little quiver in my voice cuz I don't want that to be true, no. but I'm it's speaking true, it into existence. It This is this is where we are. We just have to deal with it. Yeah. But um, this summer, you know, it was hot. If you remember, yeah, it was in the thirty plus degrees. Oh, I remember. For that stretch, I'm still sweating. (laughs) Quite frankly, (laughs) I kind of miss it now that it's like minus. Don't say that.
0: Now that we're sixty degrees on the other no. end of the spectrum, uh, uh. plus thirty, Claire, you're on 30. your own. It's, <laughs> it's cold,
2: <laughs> but we were doing everything to escape the heat, right? Like yes. you know, people were doing like you know, we were constantly telling people drink water, oh, there ice baths was, all the way, ice yeah. baths. Yeah. I retreated to my basement, which usually I love the heat, but I couldn't stand it and I wow. couldn't sleep. So we just you know set up the camping gear and oh, and man. did slept, that in the basement. Slept in the basement. That's yeah. yeah. That was supposed to be cooler, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, COVID cases had dropped. And if you remember, you know, vaccines were being rolled out. And that was kind of like, I think, an indication for people like, okay, maybe it's coming to an end. Mm. We we've got the vaccines. That's what we were working toward. Now we're getting vaccines. This is great. Now it's summertime. we can like go outside and spend time with people yeah. you know in a, in a safe environment, absolutely. And you know, it kind of felt like we were a little bit out of the woods, and I think a lot of people felt that way. Myself included yeah. to a certain extent. I was like, okay, this is like a glimmer of hope, And even though you know health experts were saying we should be cautious, you know, there's something in your mind that's like, oh, I need to just like hold on to this. It's hard yeah. not
1: like we all had. We need to blow off some steam. You yes. know, it was hard not to like jump onto that moment and be like, oh, once,
2: I can like once hug bitten, someone.
0: Twice shy. Yeah. yeah. Oh
2: yeah. You know, as I said, like health experts were saying, we aren't quite out of the woods. Be cautious, mm-hmm. even though we have this vaccine. Yeah. It takes time to take effect. It doesn't mean that you're completely immune and you can do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it was hot (laughs) and it could have been the hot causing some delirium or the premier's sheer optimism or both. There's a lot of that. But despite what experts were saying and with much fanfare, Jason Kenney announced Alberta is opened for summer. Well, good afternoon, everyone. And it really is a good afternoon. This is a happy day for Alberta. Yesterday... Alberta officially surpassed the 70% vaccination threshold to trigger stage 3 of Alberta's Open for Summer plan. And that means that on July the 1st, on Canada Day, Alberta's public health measures will be lifted and our lives will get back to normal. I've been saying that Albertans should expect a, a great Alberta summer, maybe even the best summer ever given all that we've been through through the past 16 grueling months.
1: And we danced all night to the best summer ever. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't that. Yeah, I'm just, no. Take me back back. to that time.
2: (laughs) And I mean, it was, even Uh, though all these good things were happening, it was still a shock to hear that. It felt
1: weird. Like as much as we wanted to embrace it, it felt really weird to hear that coming from an official mouth.
2: Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, and a lot of the questioning from the reporters afterward, you know, were saying, you know, the experts are saying we need to be cautious. And those questions were kind of being shot down. Yeah. Kenny rejected the premise. Yes. Of a lot of those questions. As he does. So tough. But we all know what happened next. I, you know... (laughs) Especially for the people who lost loved ones, for those dealing with the aftermath, and in some cases, the deadly consequences of having their medical treatment delayed. Yeah, Case numbers soared, hospitals filled, well past capacity, many people died directly mm-hmm. and indirectly because of the virus. It was those... Few weeks were so intense, yes, yeah. because you know this is affecting a lot of people. People are dying, yeah. it was very hard. those are very hard weeks, yeah, and you just thought, "How are we going to get out of this because we opened, people hung out, people did their thing, yeah. and now we're seeing the consequences of of people doing you know the natural thing, which is hanging out with other people doing Absolutely. you know Socialized. normal yeah. stuff. And yeah, th- those were probably very stressful. Probably the most stressful of the year for me. I bet. Yeah, a lot of uh well, deep breaths. Just, in, just in hearing the booth. those <laughs> stories
1: over and over. Right as you said, we were hearing so much from real people who were yes. very affected. Yes. Um,
2: and of course during that time, you know, the premier and the former health minister, uh, you, and they're still being criticized for this for going on vacation yep. during those months where things were really starting to get quite intense. Yeah. And I think a lot of people. People were looking for leadership. They they needed some direction, and we we weren't. I, I'll just be honest. We weren't getting it. Yeah, uh, no. If that shows my bias, <laughs> sorry, but it, it, it's true. People yeah. were asking for what do we do? What do we need to do to make? this situation turn around and we didn't really have that at the time those ripples continue to be felt absolutely like even this week we had a woman who you know had her cancer surgery delayed when the hospitals were full with COVID patients in August and she was recently told she has three to six months to live because that you know that time frame where she could have been operated on and she you know could have recovered that has passed and that's just one story yeah. And there are so many others that, you know, we don't necessarily hear. Well, it's crazy
1: to think that we're still in the pandemic, but we're seeing these ripple effects from decisions made months, almost a year ago Yeah. now, but we're still in it. So these decisions are still being made and we're going to keep seeing these effects and the consequences of these choices for
2: so long.
0: Including this next one.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. And the premier changing social gathering rules for the holidays. Yeah. Now you can have more than two households gathered together. There's still a maximum of 10 people allowed, but those people can be vaccinated, unvaccinated. Children yeah. under 18 don't count in that 10. Yeah, So we'll see how how this all plays out. Yeah.
0: So uh, just changing gears a little bit um, to a story that is also pretty hot, not pandemic-related necessarily, <laughs> but uh, there were no casualties when the Miller pub burned down in November. But Edmonton did lose a piece of history, and I I can't even uh, count the amount of times I've driven by that that corner.
1: It's a striking building. Like it,
0: it's it was so old, the paint was all yeah. peeling off, you know. And um, it was like something
1: out of history. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I think it was Patrick Connolly's story that really kind of opened my eyes to the history uh, and and the, and the background behind the Miller Pub, and I, I mean I thought it was quite. Fascinating, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, at the time it burnt down, it was a boarded up building. Um, But in 1969, the basement was home to Edmonton's first gay bar, Club 70. Mm -hmm. Amateur historian Ron Byers explains why this bar was such an important place for the city's queer community.
1: 1969 was the year that the government of Canada, under then Prime Minister uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, finally decriminalized homosexuality. Prior to that, you could literally be arrested
0: for being gay. So in
1: 1969, suddenly the the gay and lesbian community in Edmonton uh, found some new freedom and thought, well, this would be a great time now to have our own space where we could go and socialize freely with each other in a protected environment. And so about a dozen people got together, found a place. Uh, it was in the basement of this building that, at the time, housed a Greek restaurant. They set it all up and opened up one weekend. It was a bring-your-own-bottle thing. They weren't licensed under the law. Liquor control board at that time, it only held about 50 people, and, and it was full. After the weekend, the, the owner found out, and he promptly nailed the doors
2: shut. They they were thinking of calling it Club sixty nine, but they thought it was too cheeky. So Club seventy it was. Funny. It only lasted for a few weeks in that location. That's crazy before the landlord shut it down. They were forced to move. Eventually finding another home. But in the decades after nineteen sixty nine, gay mm. bars flourished in Edmonton, and Club seventy was the trailblazer. Today we have just one gay bar in the city, Evolution Wonder Lounge. You know, as society becomes more open and progressive, there's Seems to be less need for gay bars, even though they still do play a big role in the LGBTQ2S plus community.
0: I I find it almost um, hard to believe there's only one bar like that right now. Because Mm -hmm. I remember when I was growing up and we were teenagers, like mid 80s, there was two or three. I mean, there was the Roost, which was a gay bar all the time. And it was packed. Flashbacks during the weekends would be open to everybody. And it was like an absolute vibe. And, and that actually flourished for years and years. And um, yeah. so maybe there'll be some more once we get through this pandemic. Well, and
1: we've seen the rise, I think, of just like non-bar spaces. Yeah. In the LGBTQ2S plus community. You know, there's a lot more community oriented things. I think of like Quilt Bag. Yeah. It's gone
2: through some changes. Yeah. And as uh, I'll just like <laughs> yeah. say, as a person who has, you know, lived here for a year. Yeah. Right. In all honesty, Edmonton is so much more open than other places that I've lived. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I feel personally like there's more a sense of community, there's more a sense of acceptance. So it's not necessarily like, you know, oh, we only have one gay bar. Like people are accepted everywhere. For sure they Definitely. go that's the feeling that i get in the city so yeah. yeah
1: i just think about the stories that that building must have held oh, oh yeah. man yeah. like i i it's just want to listen to the walls but <laughs> um, but i really do think i mean this year's been full of some remarkable stories right ones that have certainly captured the city's attention even going beyond you know the walls of edmonton if you will mm-hmm. um and i mean i i can't help but think of amirjeet sohi's story which yes. truthfully checks all the boxes like that's <laughs> yeah. a movie How does a once-bus driver, imprisonment survivor, counselor, Indian government, denouncer, man who's got the answers to our infrastructure cancers, finally say, sure, I can be your mayor? Yes. Um, You know, from ETS bus driver to a federal minister to now mayor of the city that he used to drive the bus in. um, And of course, the first South Asian person to hold that position.
0: I came to this city as a young man. I had nothing, yet I had everything. The love and support of my brother, Jagadev, and my sister-in-law, Rajinder. As an 18-year-old immigrant without much to my name, I had ambitions and dreams to build a better life in a new home, dreams that sometimes seemed impossible, and today, because of you, because of everyone in this room, we have made the impossible possible.
1: I mean, truly, like you cannot write that stuff, right? No. Like, it's just...
2: And he's being like modest in this speech. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much that has happened to this man. We we couldn't fit his entire backstory into that speech for sure. But he came to Canada from India at 18 flipped burgers, was a cleaner, eventually became an ETS bus driver. Wow. He was elected to city council after losing his first election, served what was Ward 6 for eight years, and he was elected as member of parliament in 2015, representing Mill Woods, and was appointed to cabinet, eventually making his way back to Edmonton to serve us as mayor. <sighs> Like it's just a, a crazy story that should it. definitely be a movie oh, or yeah.
1: a book. There's well, got to be
2: something and, and coming don't out.
1: Forget, <laughs> let's add TikTok star to that. He was really killing it throughout the election. <laughs> he was killing it online. You <laughs> know, I loved it. I think it's he is. It's fascinating to have someone with such an incredible backstory come to the table and lead the city. And I think we're already seeing a lot of his um, history and who he is coming to the table,
2: which is really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But. We we kinda knew he was gonna win. I mean, I worked election <laughs> night and I was like, This is gonna be a short Lion's night. He was a favorite <laughs> yeah. before we got a into it and it felt
1: a little tight at times. I had questions. Yeah.
0: As a kid who grew up in Mill Woods, I, I'm pretty sure I caught some of his buses.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that those are my favorite So stories. Like I remember um, when I first came to Edmonton, he was still a federal minister, and he would call into the morning show, and he would chat to us. And Mark would always, every time, he would never forget to tell me he's like, I used to take his bus. Yeah, and I was like, really? And then of course now he's like running the city, and I'm like, I guess we're all kind of taking his buses now.
0: Like I, yeah, we are. Like I don't remember personally taking catching his bus, but I think when he first got into council, and I was, you know, the odd time I'd have to go there and cover a story or something, I think he he kind of said to me, he goes, I I think I remember you from one of the bus routes I. I <laughs> Uh, used to drive. And I'm like, well, I grew up on Lakewood Road, so that's a pretty main bus route. And so, yeah, that's a great story, full circle, and uh, I think he's going to do great things uh, while he's at City Hall. Yeah. So, you know, sticking with great Edmonton stories, I I don't think we can get through uh, this podcast without uh, another person who proudly came home this year. Of course, I'm talking about Alfonso Davies. Oh, yeah. International mega superstar, like soccer superstar <laughs> from right fan. here in Edmonton. Are you man? No, no, no. I just have a picture of him and my kid from you know a couple of years ago. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, the soccer star totally grew up in Edmonton and he was certainly proud to represent our country on his home turf. My name is Alfonso Davies, and I'm proud to say I'm an Edmontonian These streets are where I grew up. Where my family made a home and where I learned to play. To
2: Soccer sensation Alfonso Davies has been wowing the world. Now he's headed home to Edmonton.
0: For me personally, you know, it's like a, it's like a homecoming game. Brilliant run by Davis every time I put on that jersey is is, you know, I, I fight for this country. You no, know, I do everything to that I need to do for the team and to win games. Yeah, that game against Mexico was, um, I mean, I'll remember that. A lot of people talk about uh, watching the Oilers and the Habs play outdoor at Commonwealth in minus 30. Uh, Many, many years from now, entirely new generations of Edmontonians will be saying, I was there in minus 20 watching Alfonso Davies and the boys beat Mexico.
1: I just have one question. Yeah. How many pairs of socks did you wear?
0: One pair of socks, what? but uh, they had the uh, f- the foot warmers and, okay. the, oh, okay. and they had the hand warmers too. Okay, like, full credit. It was credit. freezing. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, those guys played in shorts and t shirts, so no complaints.
2: <laughs> but they're running around just getting <laughs> You do warm <laughs> up 10
0: degrees. Yeah, you do warm up 10 degrees. So really for them, it was only minus 10. But come on, you know, every time that someone would head the ball, everybody in the crowd would be like,
2: oh, like oh, yeah. oohs and ahs, like right? An Not an sure if they'd get up fan.
0: again, right? Oh, yeah. Man. Crazy.
2: Incredible. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I watched it from a very warm club. Yeah, same. That was my <laughs> strategy. Smart.
0: Very smart.
2: Warmer temps. Yeah, yes. It
0: was a great vibe.
2: <laughs> yes, great. And of course, yeah, he, along with his team, their performance at the World Qualifiers in mm-hmm. Edmonton in November with that snow, won Canada the top spot heading into the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. They're climbing up the ranks for the first time in 25 years. They've risen eight places to number 40 in the world rankings, which is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome.
0: Especially when you consider Mexico is top 10. Yeah. So that was an upset. And uh, nobody in that stand in the stands had seen Canada beat Mexico like that
1: definitely I mean it's been awesome in the past to watch the Canadian women's soccer team kick butt I'm just glad that the boys are now representing too you know (laughs) finally getting on our level (laughs) Um, I think that's the cool thing about so many of these stories is they have legs right and we're going to see so many of them unfold into 2022 2023 Um, as we look at next year Tahir what are you keeping an eye on like what's what's Mm. got your eye oh gosh I don't even (laughs) know what to expect anymore
2: (laughs) 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 or maybe I do naps naps have your eye Oh I wish <laughs> um but I, obviously the pandemic yeah. will will continue Everybody's will continue radar. to to feel that and ride those waves. But um, really, you know, those truly Edmonton stories, you know, looking at our successes, looking at our downfalls, how we go from there, and and just getting through it. I think we have, you know, an excellent team of journalists that work so hard to find and tell these stories accurately. And that's what we'll continue to do. And I do heavily rely on those excellent reporters. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Yes, they work so hard. I, You know, a lot of people don't don't realize the the heaviness of their job I Many, you know you do a lot of reporting as well mm-hmm. yeah. it's 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 a tough one and it's been a tough few years and um yeah we're just we're just trudging through trudging through yelling at the tv yelling at the tv
1: the loop is a weekly podcast from cbc edmonton and our team is min dariwal leslie goldstone Corey haberstock james evans and our theme music is Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician Jom Common. And a huge thank you to Tahara Faruzan for joining us this week and to all the reporters, producers, and guests who have joined us over the last year. This podcast really is an effort of the entire CBC Edmonton newsroom and all the incredible work that goes on here. And we're so grateful to everyone who made it happen every week. Um, I'm Claire Bonnieman, of course, and thank you for listening and joining us over 2021. And thank you, Min, for hanging out with me in the studio.
0: Absolutely has been my pleasure. <laughs>
1: It's more fun when I don't yeah. talk to myself. You know? It's
0: not nice to be alone in a studio, right? I, no. Even though Corey's here for most of it. But, yeah, but uh,
1: it's been fun digging in and out of the ups and downs of the last year. So here.
0: many shows, so much stuff. Yeah, it has been uh, It's yeah. been great to bring some of that to all of those ears out there. And um, yes. we'll do it all again. I mean, of course, we we're taking a bit of a break here over the holidays. Woo! We need it. <laughs> I think everybody needs it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we will be back in the new year in January. But as always, there's uh, so much more to know out there. So, of course, our stories will continue to be updated on tbc.ca Absolutely. forward slash Edmonton. So head there if you're looking for your news, info, anything to do with trying to decompress and just, well, maybe maybe you can you, you can kind of slide it in if you have to. Check out the news. There's
1: some kind stories yeah. up there's, there, too. There's going
0: to be lots of kind I mean, this, the last two weeks have been absolutely amazing with Definitely. the Edmontonians who have been uh, going above and beyond. So
1: Enough to carry us through to the new year.
0: Yes, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, read a couple of them. It'll make you feel good. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we're here every Friday, uh, but uh, we will be taking a break, and uh, you will see us in 2022. In the meantime, you can give us a gift, which would be a awesome rating or some feedback on what you think. Five stars. Five stars out of five stars. Five kernels out of five popcorn kernels. Or if you want to get in touch uh, over the holidays, send us a uh, Christmas card. Mm-hmm. Go old school. Yeah, I'll I'll read it. I'll I, post it. I'll tweet it.
1: I would love one that like sings a song. <laughs>
0: that would be awesome. Or you can leave us one of those emails, the loop at cbc.ca, <laughs> and of course on social media you can use the hashtag the loop cbc and reach us at.
1: I'm at NamiNob
0: At Nammy and if I had a Twitter handle that was backwards, I'd be at Dari Wallman. No. No, I wouldn't be at L- Lari lar- Dar Nim, which does not sound great. <laughs> it so, sounds awful. So I'm going to stick with Min Darwal. That's pretty easy. <laughs> it's all forward and um, sounds uh, a little bit different than Claire's, but just uh, a little. Yeah, check it out. Check it out online, and of course follow on your CBC Listen app or your favorite podcasting app. And of course, have a safe, relaxing, enjoyable holiday.
1: Happy holidays, Min.
0: You too.